The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Episode of .NET Rocks, the Internet Audio Talk Show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolix here to announce show number 132 with guests Amanda Silver, Paul Vick, and Eric Meyer, recorded live Wednesday, September 14, 2005. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net. Training developers to work smarter and now offering hands-on VBNet and ASP.NET classes remotely online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for ASP.NET development online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine. The leading independent magazine for .NET developers, online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who was not on drugs when he wrote that intro, Carl Franklin. Thank you, thank you, and welcome to another edition of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers. I'm Carl Franklin in New London, Connecticut. Richard Campbell out in Vancouver, British Columbia. How are you, Richard? Doing very well. Happy to be home from the crazy PDC. Yep. And a uh, great interview last week with uh, David Treadwell. This week, we're going to be talking with uh, some folks on the VB team about VB 2005 and a little bit about Orcus and uh, some of, a little bit about Link, too. They really got into uh, Link a little bit, which is an amazing story. Yes. Uh, but before we get into that, I, I want to spare no time here and just dive right into a little... A little uh, Conversation we had with some members of Band on the Runtime. We went out to dinner uh, at the PDC with George Bullock, Ted Patterson, Joe Hummel, David Chappell, you and myself, and uh, we decided after dinner to pass around the microphone and and talk to everybody a little a little a little bit about Band on the Runtime and and what it is and and. Uh, Right from the horse's mouth. Very deep conversation. Yes, it was a deep conversation, but we thought you'd enjoy it anyway. So here it is. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, Paul, Amanda, and uh, Eric. Well, hey, Richard. Hey, we I are do. here at Zuka Restaurant. We've just been out to dinner with uh, Ted Pattison, George Bullock, Dr. Joe Hummel. Yeah, the only real doctor. And the well-dressed David Chapel. The well-dressed. And uh, we just had an, a nice dinner. We're just sitting here talking, and Richard and I, we had the gear. Right, so we thought we'd break Couldn't out the resist. microphones and talk. Ted Patterson, what what the hell have you been doing these days? Tell tell us about yourself. Ted. <clears throat> well, I've moved to Florida because it's a technical hotbed. <clears throat> so I'm doing a lot of information systems geared towards tracking hurricanes, tracking alligators, 
Uh, we're using a lot of web services and geriatric uh, kind geriatric. of geriatric. Thank you. But I've just really been enjoying technology, enjoying being at the PDC this week, seeing all the new Office 12. Your hair's a little whiter since you moved to Florida. Is that any cause for alarm? It's my children. My children are making my hair turn whiter. <laughs> and uh, the technology moving so fast is also making me age. I just wish we could go back to, you know, VB6 and com. You know, I was really comfortable with that technology. <laughs> you were in a happy place back then. What it could do and how developers could embrace it. Now, Ted, uh, it's amazing we haven't had you on .NET Rocks before because you are like you and me, man. VB all the way, right? VB. There was a time. There was a place. Kind of like Havana before Castro. <laughs> VB just fills my life with some of the world's coolest memories. Now, just um, because we've never talked to you before, some of our listeners may not know who you are. So you have a history with probably the most famous training company in the world uh, at one time, Developmentor, right? Developmentor. Yeah, and you have been their VB guy at the beginning of the, of the phase of Developmentor. Now, of course, they have other people working, and you've moved on. But uh, so you've taught a lot of VB classes and written some VB books. So what was what was all that like? Can you recap that in in five seconds or less? <clears throat> well, Don Box was always a good friend, and he wrote books that humans can understand. So the joke was always that Don would tell me what to say, and I translated so humans, VB programmers, <laughs> could understand it. And there was a whole joke in the DM culture that I never really came up with any thoughts. I just could take really smart people and translate their thoughts so humans and you know other life forms could understand it. So uh, in in that you know being a VB guy has we've been take, we've taken our lumps haven't we we have taken our lumps especially in the olden days you know and did I tell you I program mostly in C sharp for the last two years <laughs> <laughs> you bastard but that's not to say that I mean I always think of C sharp as the VB with semicolons <laughs> yeah right it's a lot more like VB than C plus pluses well what. isn't it amazing that as soon as uh, you know .NET came out the C sharp guys who who were before C plus plus guys were were amazed at all of the way you could rapidly develop Windows applications with the drag and drop things and all these new great features you know the designer and everything was that that was pretty funny yeah. what's even funnier is all the emphasis on managed C++ and all the real men who were still there dug in, writing against ADO.net with managed C++. I mean, God bless them. I mean, these guys are just, they're dinosaurs, man. We <laughs> never thought we would see dinosaurs in our Kate? lifetime. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs. <laughs> so now, you and Don, obviously good friends. He's a, he's a C++ guy from way back. What, uh, how, w w w do you guys have like this sort of uh, camaraderie slash rivalry thing happening in a, in a fun way? Well, I guess it seemed like the war between the languages, even in a good-natured way, just died. Be just cause, because yeah. VB.net and C Sharp were pretty much the same the language. The CLR undermined, undermined the whole it argument, did. didn't it? The CLR just took away the points of contention that made life worth living. And I'll <laughs> never forgive the CLR for that. <laughs> Also, uh, you, you are a member of, this, is, this actually was supposed to be a band on the runtime dinner, and so Don was supposed to be here, but I guess he had other things to do. So uh, tell us about the origins of band on the runtime. It was a product where we had a conference, um, conference.net, and we just, uh, it was between me and Don and David, and we just, uh, I think, Peg. Uh, a famous developmental sales chick named Peg 
uh, was running the conference, and she said, you guys are musical. You could put together a show. And so we kind of half committed to do it, and I just remember me and Don and David were in a room just a day before saying, what the heck are we going to do? And we just kind of came up with all these joke songs. And somehow, for that first gig, it fell into place that we don't do cover tunes, we don't do our own tunes, we take other things, and we do the Al Yankovic thing where we take a song, change the lyrics to geeky, geeky geek lyrics, and that became our thing. And, and you've, been, you've been the front man for, for a band on the runtime. What's one of the, what, like your all-time favorite band on the runtime song to sing? Well, I mean, I really liked uh, when we played YMCA with VB.net. Just what are some of the lyrics? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, it was a really neat thing just because, you know, lots of people, including me, are somewhat or highly homophobic. So it had a really neat <laughs> analogy between the, the VB guy and the homosexual coming out in public. And it was just, it was so enriching. And I like singing it. And, you know, I could do the, you know, the YMCA, you know, village people stuff there. And I liked, uh, okay, since you're not going to go to lyrics, I will. But, uh, and if you ever get lost, just turn option strict off, and your code, it just compiles. Right? <laughs> it was good. I mean, That's on. great stuff. Be proud of what you are is what the song really says. That's right. <laughs> All right, Ted, thanks. George Bullock, we have never heard from you on .NET Rocks either. How are you doing? I don't think so. I'm fine. Thank you. Nice. And you are... Nice to be here. And you are the guitar player for Band on the Run... Yes, uh, the guitar player and I guess the program manager, one might say. Yes, you are the organizer, and I see everybody else shaking their heads. You, you organize everything. Yeah, and I think with my little fame, that's the only way I had a snowball's chance in hell of joining the group of people who formerly were my very favorite authors and sort of heroes for some unknown reason. <laughs> and you and I share a, a, a common lineage in that we both spent some time at Berkeley School of Music in Boston. That is correct. Although I believe you spent much more time there than I did. I was there for a fairly long time, I think four semesters, but I had started as in the junior level, so, uh, so I've done a lot of music before that. Yeah, so, so what do you do at Microsoft? Though? You're a Microsoft employee, what do you do? I'm a program manager on the Microsoft.com site, and uh, our team is responsible for things like our current web forums, chat, uh, the news groups, and other ways. We see our vision as... Helping Microsoft customers interact with each other and with Microsoft, and that's what we do. Cool. So, and last time I knew, you were working on, like, MSDN Online kind of uh, thing? Yeah, I was working on MSDN the last time Band on the Runtime played, and I moved to Microsoft.com, the community team, in uh, about six months after that last PDC-03. What does that involve? Uh, is that, does that mean you'll work on the data structures on the back end, or content management, or...? Well, for me, most of the applications I design have both a front-end component and a back-end. And as the program manager, I'm responsible for everything from uh, gathering the business requirements and turning them into a technical spec to buying pizza for the devs. So program management is a really interesting uh, endeavor at Microsoft. It's a little bit unique, and it's got project management, it's got software development, and it's got, you know, herding, herding cats. cats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and here I'll, I'll do a shameless plug for my friend Scott Birkin and his book, The Art of Project Management on O'Reilly, which is probably the best definition I've ever read of what happens at Microsoft on a successful project. Apparently Although he we, has some failures in there as well. We need to get Scott to we do a show with us. We need to get Scott on the show. He's yeah, we, we plan to do that. You yeah. sent us the book and we've read it, so it's, Excellent. yeah. Excellent. And uh, let's see, so why Can did I you... add that, for those of you who only benefit from the audio portion, that George has had amazing hand gestures throughout his talk that you were not able to say. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so I'm going to do a Don box here. Ready? 
So, George, what, what was it that made you choose J2EE for the back end for Microsoft.com? My desire for an early death. <laughs> and, and, and my desire to no longer be employed. <laughs> okay. Very... No, I would, of course, never make a choice like that for pure, purely technical reasons. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, uh, so... I detect derision in your chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of your favorite uh, moments in uh, the history of Band on the Runtime? Well... First was just the whole idea that uh, I think it was Joan at MSDN Magazine who called me and said, you really need to call Don Box, and, uh, or Ted, actually. She told me to call Ted and get involved with this band uh, because she had heard me play guitar somewhere. And I thought, wow, this is great. I read David's com book. I, re I was one of the first reviewers of Ted's uh, first VB book, which I loved, and I've always loved Don's books. And suddenly I was in a band with him. So that was a great moment. And then I think uh, PDCO3 sort of was really the crowning achievement for us we got you on drums so we had just a rock solid killer musician on drums who also could play tons of other instruments well and uh we we, we had this wonderful rehearsal at uh sir studios rehearsing next to uh, limp biscuit and you know we had a, a catered meal and then it went on to the roof of the standard to do a gig and then uh, uh at the foot of the of the uh library tower here in los angeles i mean it was one of the better musical experiences I can recall in my life, and here I was doing it on the side, as you know. Yeah, I was saying before dinner that you know I, I achieve more rock star status as an RD and as being in the program at Microsoft than I ever would have if I had just tried to be a rock star on my own. It, it's been a great thing, and, and there was also the uh, Russia tour that uh, David and Ted and I did, where we supported the Windows 2003 releases in uh, Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Kiev, playing rock and roll the whole time. It was just we were like, what the hell is going on? Who did, you know, who did we fool to do this? Yeah, you're not supposed to have that much fun doing that job. Right. So, very cool. Well, uh, uh, Richard, why don't you uh, talk to Joe Hummel here, and I'm going to pass the mic to him. Hey, Joe. Thank you. Now we're sitting Richard? on the other side of the table. I'm the interloper here, being the, the non-member of the band in the runtime. I don't know if you played with them. No, my uh, acclaim the fame is I carried Ted's guitar. So, uh, <laughs> you did a really good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, but I, you're the other Microsoft employee at the table as well. I am not actually. No, I you're not. not. Nope, nope. I am a uh, full-time college professor, and I but I do teach webcasts for Microsoft. Oh, interesting. So I'm wearing a Microsoft shirt, but it's a a loner. It fooled me. It fooled you. He embraces. Uh -oh. Joe basically helps Microsoft get its fingers into academia. So maybe we can yes. ask him some questions about some of the things that Microsoft does to make them successful or non-successful. They know how to talk to developers like us in corporate America, but academia is how Joe helps Microsoft. Joe, do you have anything to do with the Academic Alliance then? Uh, I'm a member, our school's a member, but I... Not really involved, no. Okay. But uh, it's a great program for academic schools. Well, so. did you know that uh, my company, Plop, is doing a podcast, helping them do a podcast for uh, Academic Alliance? I did uh, not know Main that. Function Audio to Go. Yeah, we're actually doing Ah, that. yeah, MainFunction.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much. Uh, cool. That's cool. a Plop production. That's, uh, that's uh, Carl's I, work. I would, I would encourage everyone to be watching Miami Slices. Uh, which, of course, is the plastic surgery show. But now that Ted's in Florida, I, I believe he's on an upcoming episode, right, Ted? <laughs> so Ted's got a few slices coming in the upcoming uh, fall, fall series, I believe. You're doing the liposuction on the left-hand side of my body this month, and then two months later, I'm going back for the liposuction on the right-hand side of my body. Now, now, now the brain surgery, Ted. When, 
I know that's an experimental technique in Florida, but I wasn't sure when that was happening. But yes, it's, that's it's, risky. Risky. It's under the label of cosmetic surgery for my brain. Yes. <laughs> Give her those unsightly bulges. Anyway, so. Well, thank you. Well, I guess George. I should talk to the ever, always, consistently well-dressed David Chappelle. Thank you. Glad to see you again, sir. It's Chapel, actually. It's Chapel. Right. You'd be surprised how many phone calls and how much email I get for the TV comedian Dave Chappelle. Yes, yeah. and and plus, there's a, I think there's a Java guy too. There's a Java guy whose name is spelled just like mine, unlike the comedian whose name is not spelled like mine. His fan base is not very intelligent, from what I can tell. <laughs> uh, Who's Dave Chappelle, the comedian. I get phone calls for him. And they're mad. They're mad that they got the wrong guy. <laughs> and it's your rings. fault somehow. My phone rings in my office. I pick it up. I say, David Chappell. And they say, is this Dave Chappelle? And I say, no. You both have the same hair. Um, Do we really? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Well, thank you. Thank but you mean to tell me these guys call you on your phone yeah. and yeah. then are angry that you're no, not, not who here. they wanted to talk and to? And they're not surprised that Dave Chappelle, in their mind, answers his own phone. That's not, that's not strange to them. No, no, that's puzzling to me. Puzzling to me. But I'm still not sure exactly what it is you do for a living. And neither am I. <laughs> I know you have some great books out. But hey, thank you. Thank when you. you. When you're not writing books, are you, are you speaking primarily? I do a lot of speaking. I'm uh, doing a keynote at a conference in Redmond in a few weeks, and I'm leaving for a three-week uh, Asia and Europe tour, talking about uh, service road architecture and... Windows Communication Foundation and other things. Are you need to Kuala Lumpur? I know we were talking about this earlier. No, sadly no. Tokyo, uh, Singapore, Seoul, Zurich, uh, a few more stops. Seoul to Zurich. There is a bit of a hop for yeah, you. That's a long trip. That's <laughs> a lot of flying. I'm leaving my new baby behind. For three oh weeks. yes, of course. Congratulations. How about three months old three now? Three months old. And this is number two. Number two. And that's enough. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so keynoting. Um, are you going to do anything at the PDC? Are you just uh, no? Just standing around looking good. No, I get to go to PDC and just hang out. It's great fun. Yeah, well, other than this kind of thing, you know, we get a chance to finally look around as well. Normally, when we get to stuff like TechEd, we're working the whole time. We don't get to see any of the show. Uh, where were we? We were talking about uh, whether you actually had a job. Yeah, which I don't. No. Yeah. Just, just do everything around. No, I don't think. I think none of us actually. Have a job. We have eighty percent unemployment at this table. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unemployed, actually. And in fact, isn't I'm, it my I'm job that gives you guys even a reason for existing? It does. At this very moment, yes. Yes. Or, 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 at any time in the software. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Oh yeah, I guess I got to talk about your role, David, in the band and band in the runtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted, Ted talked a little bit about the uh, the founding moments band on the runtime where we were in a room together. That room was actually my apartment in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, and I remember very clearly looking out over the Transamerica building and making that fateful choice that we would not be another cover band, but would in fact only do humorous songs. And because we had Ted Patterson, we had utter faith that we could do any number of humorous songs. <laughs> An infinite supply of humorous technical lyrics. Endless jokes. Between, between Ted and I guess Don would be the other... That's tribute. true, although actually Ted wrote pretty much all the original lyrics wow. for the first one. Timmy Walt. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Walt actually a was a main contributor. Mm-hmm. So, but I would him. argue that Ted is the funniest guy in technology. Uh, pretty, pretty 
pretty clear. I have a tough time arguing with that. And not just the haircut either. <laughs> and after I've gotten half my body liposuction, I kind of look funny for that duration until I get the other side cleared. There's going to be a couple of weeks where you're just one nonstop gag after the other. The single love handle is a strange thing for people to encounter. That looked like a Gary Larson cartoon right there. Well, that was the end, that was the end of David. He's on the floor now. You got, you got something to add, George? No, it would sub- subtract from so many other things that I don't think I'll add it. My dignity being one of them. <laughs> but you were the keyboard player for Band on the Runtime. Well, you put that in the past tense. I prefer to think that I still am you the keyboard player. You are the player. keyboard player. Assuming the band has some future incarnation at some point. Well, therein lies the challenge now because, of course, uh, things have gotten more complicated in the years gone by. There are issues. comes complication, correct? Our, our success bit us in the ass. I, I, I agree with David that uh, the best is yet to come. Although I'm not sure that's what you said. but I, oh, could, could it well be? We'll see. We Back to see. Russia. Back to Russia. So I've heard vague stories about this trip to Russia, but maybe you better tell the whole tale here. You remar- guys ended up in Russia. It was a remarkable thing. Microsoft hired us to participate in the Windows Server 2003 launch. And so Ben on the Runtime played as part of the keynote, and we then each spoke in the afternoon giving technical sessions. But it was like being a rock star. We played in a sports arena in Moscow for thousands of people, got bussed to the airport with a police escort, flew to St. Petersburg, played in this interesting theater. The next day, I gave my talk in a strip club by afternoon. That's what I look for in a presentation. (laughs) Bust back to the airport, flying to Kiev, roadies, people setting up for us. It was wonderful. And I mean, we're not talking just playing a tune. You guys had a set. We had a set. In fact, this is so lame, but we'd have a set where we'd play a tune, and then Ted would talk about Windows Server 2003. We'd play another (laughs) tune. Then I would talk about .NET versus Java. We'd play another tune. Wow, you had a keynote alternating with music. That's right. It actually worked. And all of this was interpreted simultaneously by the Russian interpreters. Wow. Who put up PowerPoint versions of Ted's humorous lyrics in Russian. <laughs> in Russian. Mm-hmm. So, you, were, of course, you were singing the humor tunes, these, these, these geek all we versions know. of, of course, that's what Band in the Runtime it, it does. That's all we know. That's right. Now, I mean, the great question I've got is, did the Russians get it? Did they laugh at the right times? Well, the opening tune in the Russia shows was, of course, back in the USSR, which Ted recast <laughs> as .NET in the USSR. .NET in the USSR. Such as Ted? I can't recall the lyrics. Now. Wrote myself there? a driver for Olay DB. <laughs> Didn't get to sleep last night. Anybody as talented in his own way as Ted Patterson. I know I have not. I have not. I've laughed harder at and with Ted than I've ever laughed at or with just about anyone I can think of. And we're not just talking about the liposuction here. No. That's just an added bonus. <laughs> Plus, it makes him so cuddly. <laughs> it's sort of like asynchronous love. Well, this interview is going downhill fast. I got to tell you that. Listen, it's been a, a, great to have dinner with you guys and sort of hang out, and, and I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the the next time that we can possibly play. I don't know when, I don't know where. Hopefully, it'll be on a stage at a keynote somewhere. 
I think that's the next step. Yes, Jim Elchin, we need you. Yes, we need Jim. All things are possible through Jim Elchin. All right, guys, we're signing off. Thanks a lot. And that was Richard and I talking with uh, uh, George Bullock, Ted Patterson, Joe Hummel, and David Chappell at dinner at the PDC talking about Band on the Runtime. Now let's get to our feature presentation, which is an interview we did with Paul Vick, Amanda Silver, and Eric Meyer, otherwise known as the Head in the Box from VBTV in the nether regions of the Los Angeles Convention Center a couple of weeks ago at the PDC. Here we go. Hi, this is Carl Franklin, and I'm here again for show number two from the PDC with Richard Campbell. We're in room 519, which is, I think, in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco, Isn't and you it? have yeah. to walk there. Yes, you but do. It's indoor all the way. Yeah, sometimes you can fly, but uh, we had to walk today. It's way off on the, uh, the nether regions of the PDC, and we needed that kind of privacy. So we're just in a little boxy room here. We're here with Paul Vick, Amanda Silver, and Eric Meyer. And we're here, obviously, going to be talking about Visual Basic, because you are our Visual Basic kind of people. That's right. Hi, Paul. Hello. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Hi, Eric. Hi. Well, all right. So, what's new? What do you guys... T- we, we talked... The last time we talked was... Geez, I can't even remember when it was, but it was a long time ago, right when people were first starting to hear about VB2005. I think it, I think it was actually at least a year and a half ago, possibly two years ago, because I remember... We talked Jeez. about unsigned types, yeah. operator overloading, and probably uh, generics. I'm yeah, sure. I'm, not, I'm not sure at that point that we had even made the decision as to whether wow. or not we'd be I've, both uh, yeah. both producing and consuming wow. generics. So it may have you may have just made it because I think I heard it first on that show. Yeah, yeah. I re- I remember that at the time I was going through some some significant pain with uh, with Cameron, one of the developers that was on our team, about. How are binding rules? What what should the binding rules be for unsigned types? Yeah, boy, it's, it doesn't seem that long ago. And I promise this time to let you talk a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it being that you talk too much. I know but, you, you don't. Know, oh, okay, <laughs> I know you don't. But I was I was a little excited. I mean, you know, it's well, that's my good. VB is a very exciting language. It is. So what what have we got to uh, tell people about today? I guess the funny part about this whole thing now is that all these technologies we're just talking about, they're real. We've all used them. Right. Yeah. The beta is pretty mature. I think you guys are about ready for a release candidate well, now. Yeah, actually, just on, on Monday or was it on Tuesday, we released a, our first release candidate to MSDN subscribers. So there you go. So, Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. We've got working code to work with. Almost yeah. done. Almost. Just on the very cusp. And so that, of course, means we got to talk about something completely new. <laughs> we don't, you know, no, t- no rest for the weary. So you guys are ready for the next version? It's all about Visual Basic 2007? No, I mean, I, I, think, I think, you know, 2005 is hands down the best version of Visual Basic, I think, that's no ever No argument yes. from me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're very excited about it. Yeah. So, so we're, we're just pumped to get that out there and get people playing with it and get people to tell us, you know, how it needs to improve so that we can start working on the next product. You know, we're going on a trip. We're going on a trip across America. This is true. And uh, it, probably about 1,500, 1,600 miles or something like that. And uh, starting in Boston, going down the eastern seaboard, and we're, and we're uh, going down through Texas, up to Nashville to Texas, over to Phoenix and San Diego, Los Angeles, up to San Francisco for the launch. And we're doing about 20 shows along the way. And the topic of half of the content is going to be what's new in VB2005. Oh, Excellent. awesome. Yeah, That's great. So, so we're so, going to be out there spreading the word. So what's your favorite feature? Uh, I, you know, I know what everybody's expecting. 
Everybody's expecting me to say it and continue. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Because I'll say it. Edit and continue. <laughs> Thanks very much. I know edit continue is going to be my favorite feature again, but now I've gotten so used to working without it. Um, it's, it's almost going to be weird having it again. Because I'll tell you what I liked about having it in all those versions of EB. Was the way that I used Visual Basic was more like a scratch pad for trying out ideas and testing out how to do things. Because uh, you didn't have to save it. You didn't have to worry about, you know, where the file was going to be. You could just open VB and start playing around. And that's kind of the way that I see it and continue working, too, is a way for people to try out things without having to... Uh, you forget. Well, it's that sort of noodling kind of way of working. I write my first chunk of code, I run it, and then I keep adding and fixing things, and I never stop running it while I do that. Yeah, right? I think it's also it's also pretty common for us to see users just creating new projects all yeah. the time as they develop their other project right. so that they can just test out this particular you know sure. API that's in the .NET framework. I hate to admit the number of projects I have named Form 1. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, like, the, the new feature I use the most is the fact that when you create a new project in VB, it isn't has to it doesn't have to be saved anywhere. It's just sort of it is this temporary project, and I'm always creating little projects, trying something out. Oh, discard it, and it's like you know I don't have these. I don't have console application number seven hundred and thirty-three right. to go. What's, you know, what's my, bad about that is when you know in seven hundred and thirty-one there was code that you wanted. Yeah, that's you true. That which yeah. right? <laughs> you do have to be sure to save the ones you like, or you're going right. to use it. It's it's also probably you know Paul and I probably experience it more than. More, possibly more than you guys because, you know, we get little code snippets from our testers and things like that for language features that bind in the wrong way or cause a crash. And so, you know, we have to drag and drop it into the code editor, create a new project, create references in all the right ways so that we can debug this this particular issue. Right. So uh, I'll, I think if you ask me what my favorite feature is today... I'm going to say it's the ability to do asynchronous programming without all the goo. So the background worker component? The background worker component. Yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty cool. awesome. It is. Um, and, and again, it's one of those things where I've already, I've got the code to do like the synchronizing object, you know, to, to do the, the um, you know, create a delegate and, and call it with me.invoke and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, when I show that to people, eyes glaze over. Mm -hmm. I'm never, you know, the, and I get the feeling they're never, ever going to write all that code to do asynchronous programming. So now I've really got something exciting to show them, uh, I think. Nobody, because, you know, before that, nobody had ever done, at least in my circle of people, you know, nobody had ever done uh, multi-threaded programming in VB. Right. Yeah, well, the only kind of programming I ever did that was multi-threaded for VB was asynchronous ADO objects was going, firing off, go get this query and let me know when you're done. And right. this one and this one and this one too. And we'll sure. populate them on the events when they come back. I, I remember, um, I think one of the first presentations that I did at Microsoft was to show off the threading capabilities in, in Visual Basic.net, the 7.0 version. 2002. Yeah, 2002. Um, and the demo that I showed, you know, which was written by somebody else, was was your standard asynchronous uh, fractal rendering. Oh, yes, the fractal guy. <laughs> <laughs> standard fractal rendering, yeah, okay. Which is, well, I, I just think it's standard because it's kind of like one of the, the canonical uh, demos that people use when they want to show asynchronous calls. Right. But 
you know, it, it doesn't no really drive the point home yeah. that yeah. this is something that's that's oh, very Thank useful. goodness my fractal rendering is <laughs> finally going to be asynchronous. <laughs> right. I feel so much better. <laughs> the problem, of course, is that you have to have code that does something that takes a long time, and right. therefore, by nature, it has to be complex. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the classic examples is just waiting for, for stuff on the web. But yeah. at the same time, when you're doing a demo, you really don't want to rely on, no. you know, first of all... Yeah. That you're connected at yeah, all. Yeah, that you have a connection that works. But also that the, the perf of the connection is is going to take Slow a certain... Yeah, exactly. Guess what? I'm going to demo in my talk today. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, I thought about that as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I tried to talk you out of it, but no. <laughs> so what have you guys been working on for the last year? Well, I'll, I can start with it and then I can pass some of it off to Eric because he's been doing a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, so at this PDC, we've been talking about a lot of new features that we're targeting for VB90, which is going to be the ma next major release after the one that we're working on. Does it right have now. a code name yet? No, I mean, it's... How about hoping, Panopticon? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the name of my weblog. No, not exactly. I mean, we're we're trying to target towards what the... what. People, what we've been calling the Orcus release, but we're not really explicitly tying it yet. It's too early yeah. to kind of say for sure when it's going to show up. And is it nine? Because I thought 2002 was seven. Yeah. So and I just see 2003 was just a point release. That oh, was, was a point release. Point okay. One, five or whatever. So the one we're getting right now is eight. eight. And so this is going to be nine. nine. I know. It's hard to believe. You know, we're still going to, we're almost in the double digits. Here. I know. It's really amazing. And, and remembering so clearly VB1 and yeah. VB2 and... Those were simpler days. Yeah. Well, Office has still got us beat. I mean, I think they're on like 12, 13 yeah, or 14. 13, yeah. you know, God knows. Right. You know, talking 200. to us about 12 and, and envisioning what's in 13. Exactly. It's just unbelievable. Crazy. So, so your so, day is comprised of? So, well, yeah. So the main thing that I've been working on is something. It's actually sort of a platform initiative, but it's been showing up a lot in Visual Basic. And the, and the project is called Project Link, which stands for Language Integrated Query. And so that pretty much tells you... 90% of what you need to know right there. Yeah. It's essentially about integrating data querying into the Visual Basic language. So that what that means really is two things. The first thing is that you can now query objects in your program. So if you have like, a, you know, an array of customer objects, you don't have to persist them out to SQL or send them somewhere else to be able to filter them or join them or sort them. And you don't have to write all this plumbing code again and again and again. You can just say, you know, select the customer, that all the customers that are from Washington. Just very simple statement. And the great thing is we're using the SQL-like syntax. So if you already know SQL, that knowledge applies directly into Visual Basic. So you just, you take knowledge that you already have and you immediately start going with querying And, and Link is supposed to be sort of a universal well, right. I mean, so it touches other things other than just objects. Right. And that's the other part of it is that there are two component models, D-Link and X-Link, which provide query enabling for remote SQL and for XML. Wow. So the great thing is you learn one language, Visual Basic. I mean, C-Sharp will also be supporting it. Sure. So you learn one language, Visual Basic, and you can actually now use that language to query objects, XML, SQL, Pretty much any data that's you know out there on the planet, it's going to be available to you in a very simple and easy to use form. You think this will ever get past? I mean, this is obviously big. Excuse you th that. think this will ever get out of the realm of the developer and out into the uh, end user kind of administrator DBA? Yeah, uh, I mean, out, I think even even out further. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like when we talk about we talk about all, you know, because Link is a huge project. There's a lot of underpinning, you know, structure that we've built up. And we talk about it with people and they say, oh, my God, this is so complex. How is VBU, the VBUs ever going to deal with this? But the truth is the syntax in Visual Basic is very simple. And so if you can grok simple VB and you can grok simple, you know, simple SQL-like syntax, you're good to go. Okay, so Link itself isn't a separate language? No, essentially what it is is it's... It's sort of three parts. Okay. The first part is a definition, a set of standard API definitions. Okay. That say how a component becomes query enabled. Okay. Then the languages build language support on top of these standard APIs. And then we're also providing three sets of implementations of these APIs. So one is a set of standard query operations that support queries for objects. Anything that implements iNumerable, which is basically every collection on the planet, yep. becomes queryable with those. There's D-Link, which provides query capabilities for like remote SQL. So okay. if you have, you know, customer table, you can make that queryable through D-Link. Okay. And then there's X-Link, which makes XML data queryable. And you use your programming language. So a C-Sharp programmer would use C-Sharp. Right. With, exactly. With Link syntax. Right. And a VB programmer would use VB. Exactly. And the really cool thing about it is that the syntax in the language isn't tied to any particular implementation. It's just tied to the API definition. So if you invent a new query-enabled component, it just works with the VB syntax you already know. We're going to be able to do heterogeneous joining with this. So I'm going to be able to join between my list box, a remote database, and this blob of XML. Yeah, Paul did it just a few minutes ago in his uh, yeah, PC I mean, session. Did they jump up and cheer? Yeah, 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 yeah there was spontaneous applause. That's what I look for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's powerful stuff because yeah. you know you don't think I'm ever going to need to query my list box, but I would need to query a list box if I was allowing a user to select items from that list box, and then I wanted to do a query against the database for that information. And, of course, that's the kind of stuff that you write behind the list box in, in VB. Mm-hmm. Right. You Just know. Did not, used to be code, building an in statement into a, into a SQL statement. It's now it's items. all the same thing. I mean, the, the funny thing is, too, it's like I, I just notice that now that, you know, we kind of have some prototype code, and, in fact, you know, it's available. some of that prototype code is available on the web right now. And as I kind of work with it, you know, you, you, you sort of have these boxes in your mind like, okay, this is queryable and this is just regular code. But as you kind of break that down, you just start going, oh, you know, I can query right here. Like, I, I just want to pick some things that, you know, it's like I just I have a collection here and I just want the things that are filtered on this and oh, I can do that. And it just it insinuates itself everywhere because it's just such a natural operation. Wow. So you really- know, the interesting thing is it's the way you think anyway. It's just right. that you're used to thinking, I need to do this. This right. is the code I need to write. Right, exactly. Now I'm taking that thought, and it's it's just one statement. This this summer, I was working with four interns on a project for compact devices, and um, and their approach to programming, they were completely novice, you know, uh, interns. Their approach to programming was entirely search based, basically. Mm. Interesting. They wanted mm. to do querying all the time. Because that's how they conceive of data that's on a computer. Right. It's something to go look for. The Google something generation. You go, you, go, yeah. Uh, yeah. you go search for. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they, you know, they had, they were constructing a dynamic database and they needed to do something with the data and, you know, populate a dynamic index. And the way that they thought of that was to do a query. 
Well, if you listen to the show, you've heard me talk about ASP.NET tools from Telerik at T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com. They've recently released a new version of their RAD control suite, Q3 2005, and I'd like to tell you about it. Telerik RAD control suite is the most innovative and comprehensive tool set for ASP.NET development allowing professionals to build web solutions with the UI richness and responsiveness of desktop applications. The latest milestone release, Q3 2005, is the first on the market to bring full XHTML 1.1 and accessibility compliance with WCAG Level A and Section 508, thus enabling developers to build standards-compliant web applications easier and faster than ever. Added to this are key updates to four of Telerik's most popular products, RAD Editor, RAD Grid, RAD Tree View, and RAD Rotator. RAD Controls is also available with an annual subscription option for all updates and new components added to the suite within a year of your purchase. Hey, did you know the .NET Rocks website was done with the Telerik menu? That's right, if you use the menu on the left-hand side, you're using Telerik's products. So go check them out at www.telerik.com. In the in the programs that you're writing, how much of the how much of the plumbing code in a typical, you know, business application, even a demo, would you say can be linkerized, if that's a word? Uh, you know, please, so, so please like, don't make that verb a word. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. You didn't hear that. So, and and what else is left? What kinds of things are left after well, that process? Well, I mean, what you really get to do then is concentrate on your business logic. I mean, with with queries, it's very declarative. So you just kind of say, you know, I want all the customers from Washington. And you just state that, and yeah. the, and in, today you're like you're writing a lot, a lot of your data access code just goes away. Yeah. Because now you just declare what you want, and then the compiler takes care of it for you. It's just, it's great. This is the one step closer to to drag and drop application development. Exactly. You know, without the exactly. yeah. end. Imagine a, a query by example model, but you're able. But now you're looking at the object browser. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. in here can be used in the QBE. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And is this is this going to be part of what makes uh, Sparkle um, do its do its thing too? I mean, I don't know how much you know, and, and are working with that. We saw a demo of the Sparkle development environment where you have this interactive designer and uh, basically you're using menus to to do data binding and to do some complex things, but it's not meant for a developer per se. But, you know, at the end of the day, they get something that is a nice little presentation layer without writing any code. And then they give it to the developer to fill in. Uh, so I, I kind of see that if it's a declarative model, you know, if link is really declarative, it's something that maybe the person can take on mm-hmm. and uh, provide a lot of the plumbing that uh, the programmer had to do before. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done a lot of explicit work with Sparkle at the moment. I mean, in terms of querying stuff like that. But it is, it's very much like the analogy I've been using is it's kind of like, you know, dropping a rock in the middle of the pond. Like the waves are just going to continue yeah. to propagate yeah. outward for a while. We, right. we are nowhere near thinking of all the good ideas you're going to put exactly. to this technology. I can well, imagine. And, and, you know, even us, I mean, we do, we think about a lot of things, but there are even more things that people outside the Microsoft are going to think of. And it's yeah. all there to be taken advantage of. I can imagine, you know, there's just a bunch of people sitting around saying, oh, and if we hook that together exactly. with that. Exactly. Yeah. Pointing those things out. Well, that's yeah. that's really fun. So actually, and and then the, one of the other things we've been working on, and actually I'll sort of pass off to Eric, who's also better known in, in the 
for those uh, old fans of BBTV as the uh, BB head in a box. You were the head in the box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got my hair back. But partly, partly. But yes, yes, yes. I was oh, the head in a box, yeah. That was With great. With Chris and Ari. So Eric's one of the fu- I'm sorry, but I just got to say, one of the funniest jokes that you guys did on that was when Ari said, okay, we have a caller. And the guy says, uh, yeah, I'm a C++. Ooh, hey, don't let happen to him. Great stuff. So we've been using Eric's head to uh, to work on some interesting stuff. And so I'll just actually hand off to him because he's... Okay. Yeah. So one of the other things that we did is we made uh, XML into a first class um citizen in Visual Basic. So what you can do is you can just drag and drop, you know, fragments of XML into your VB program and they're just, you know, first class values. Um, And then we also added support, um, late binding support that you can kind of, you know, traverse the XML um, in VB. So we have like new accessors where you can get the children and attributes and descendants. So you can kind of go arbitrarily deep into the XML. Um, and that fits all nicely with the uh, with the query syntax. Um, and then um, if you know ASP.NET, where you kind of build your HTML page and you leave little holes that you then have code that kind of, you know, compute parts of your HTML page, you can do the same in these XML literals. So you can leave a little hole and then you can put there any VB expression or method call that computes the other part of the XML. So you get a very compositional and very powerful way to create XML. Um, wow, that's exciting. Um, me, I'm not. I'm not a big XML. I don't spend a lot of time doing that, but you know, I can definitely see the value in that. Well, I mean, it's getting to be more and more like any kind of application that works with the web or works with services is sooner or later going to need to consume XML or produce XML. It's sure. really sort of the you know becoming the standard interchange format, and so we're really looking at making that really easy because it really is so applicable to so many business sort of cases where visual basic is being used today. Are, are the, are the forms in visual basic being expressed as XAML or any kind of uh, declarative XML? Also that that's a good example, right? So what we, what, what you can do is you t- can take a piece of XAML just as is, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you can declare a variable um, that has that XAML as its value. And then, you know, if you want to build your, say, your GUI kind of, you know, by, by combining fragments of XAML, um, that's really easy. So you can define, you know, a button, you know, by writing a fragment of XAML, and then you can, you know, compose them together in, in a stack panel and, and so on. So uh, it, it's incredibly powerful. Um, or as Paul showed today, um, you take an Excel file that you save as XML, and then you can kind of programmatically create the content of that um, spreadsheet and then save it to disk. So it's... Uh, and hand it back to someone with Excel and it's exactly, just the stuff's exactly. in there. Yep. Yeah, instead of having to automate XML, which no one likes to do, instead mm-hmm. of automating that, you can just take the XML, fiddle with it. It essentially makes transforming XML yeah. much simpler. And, a very de- and again, it's sort of like what we're talking about with queries. It's a very declarative way of working. You just... Say, this is what I want it to look like, and boom, you've got it. You can obviously see the benefit in doing as many things declaratively as possible. Exactly. Because then it's less dependent on code. Right. Yeah. So, so the Which thing is, compile, I think, is we're trying to, to reduce the kind of, you know, the mental distance with what you have in your head and what you have to write down in code. Yeah. So, for example, with the query stuff, you know, you have something in your head where you want to kind of filter out all customers in Washington. Well, 
you don't want to write code with loops because that's you know then you suddenly have to code what you had in your head sure and the same with xml if you want to use xml you want to use it directly you don't want to first write all kind of code to construct the xml no you want to have the xml there directly so first thing i thought of when you said xml is a first class citizen in vb was the number of times I've seen people ripping apart XML through the DOM, manipulating it in strings, right. you know, exactly. all of that kind of goofiness yeah. Yeah. just to tolerate the XML rather than just dealing with it as is. Mm. Well, that's what you do with both the XML and SQL, too, if you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime you're querying remote data, you have to enclose your query in the quotes and then right. hope right. that it works when well, it gets and, to the and server. do that replace one quote with two quotes oh, yeah, yeah, string yeah, embedment. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, we've all been through that. Do all yeah. the mental translation. So yeah, like what is this going to look like when it arrives at the server? Exactly. Yeah. want to do as little of that as possible. Yeah, we have no syntax checking, no help with IntelliSense if, if these things are kind of hidden in strings. Right. So by kind of removing it out of the string and bringing it kind of, you know, into the language, all the tools can now also kind of understand that and and help the programmer to deal with this stuff. What are some of the things about VB 2005 that, uh, that newcomers to .NET are really going to uh, appreciate? Well, I, I think one is code snippets. I think that's a, and I, I tend to talk about that a lot when I'm kind of interviewed about 2005 because I'm really excited about it. Well, but, I can break in here for a yeah. second to kind of, because, you know, I, to be <laughs> honest, being a developer, you know, I was like, oh, code snippets, yeah, big deal, big deal. Yeah, it's nice for those yeah. people. But, you know, as I was working on my demos, you know, uh, for the for the PDC, I was like, oh, I got to produce all these properties. And I was, started typing one in and the other. In, and then I was like, you know what? Seems to me we've got this snippets feature. Maybe. I, and sure enough, I was just, then, you know, the next thing I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. sort of had that same idea. We sort of had that same reaction when we started interviewing Michael Palermo about that a couple of weeks ago. And and about 15 minutes into the interview, I was like. Code snippets. What a what a you know that doesn't begin to describe the functionality. That, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, like I think it's they're they're just incredibly useful for code generation. That's probably the yeah. scenario that Paul was appreciating. But I think for developers who are brand new to the .NET platform, who really see this giant class li- set of class libraries mm. that are hard to navigate, um, and Visual Basic users are, are tend to be very task oriented yeah. and tend to search online for little code snippets right. that they then copy and paste into their You're right. This is something we've been doing all along anyway. This is why all these websites exist. Sure. Go steal some code. Right. right. Exactly. And <laughs> and so, you know, uh, one of the other benefits of the code snippets feature is that it allows us to ship help in just code snippet format. Right. So that you mm-hmm. can browse tasks. Well talk about context help. Yeah. Oh, you need a property. Wow. Well, there's all these things you need to know along with this property is besides the correct syntax laid in the first place. But it's it's not only properties. I mean, it's like file IO and it's, right. you know, reading from ports and things like that. I think right. those are the little things like this are what really sets apart Microsoft tools from other tools that I've heard of. It's building in best practices, right? And building in like code snippets. You right, have these right little, ways of thinking, right ways of thinking, right ways of doing things where you little, these intelligent little things built in. And, you know, and I've also grabbing onto this sort of overarching philosophy of shortening the distance between the concept of what I need to do is and the amount of typing I have to do to move that. Yeah. The, the closer I get to, disc- to being able to just take the thought as is and put it into the app. 
Wasn't that an episode of Star Trek? Barkley? <laughs> yeah. Barkley? Take the brain When, when do you make the helmet? Yeah. I think that was Barkley when he hitched himself up to the... You know, uh, that's that's right. Right. I thought, you know, I'm going to write the code like that someday. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so once you have a USB port in the back of your head, we can connect ah, it directly. Yeah. I'm sure Richard will be the first to find yeah. it online. It's USB. But I mean, I think that is kind of... I mean, the VB philosophy, I think, in a lot of ways is, you know, get the job done. And it's really like, what's the shortest distance between what you want to do and getting it done? And it's yeah. like, you know, let's not get real formal about things. Let's just get it, the job done. Yeah. And get it done right. And get yeah. it done right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because you don't want to have to do it over. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I ain't doing this again. <laughs> do it right and do it right the first time. <laughs> you know, I, I tend to think of uh, VB6 as the shallow end of the pool, right? And then you, you try to swim out to the deep end. What are you trying to generate email? <laughs> well, no, but listen. Listen to me. You, people, all the VB programmers, you tried to swim out to the deep end and realize they were in over their heads a little bit. Things got because tough. because there wasn't so much great foundational stuff underneath VB6. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you've sort of got the the ease of use of Visual Basic all those years ago uh, for all those versions, but you've got this rich rich foundation. Uh, supporting you, the .NET framework, and and all of the things that go along with that. I, I buy that in the sense that there was definitely a threshold in Visual Basic up to version 6, and actually even true in the first versions of .NET, where everything was fine until you wanted to do one more thing, right. more right. complicated. And right. then you had, well, now you have to take the big step. <laughs> right. Welcome to the deep end of the pool. Right. Right. Exactly. Good luck. Yeah, the, the sort of the floor of the uh, pool goes suddenly straight down, down yes, 500 right. feet, right, 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 right. as opposed you, to having a nice gentle slope. Yeah. And it seems like you've moved that slope out further now. Exactly. But you spent so much time with the deep stuff, you know, in the last few years, and now all these great features of Visual Basic that people know and love, like Edit and Continue and you know, in the project and the taking away the complex code that they don't need to see, that kind of stuff. It, it just, you know, we're, we're sort of back to the, yeah, we're going to home, the tool going people. back to what we exactly. were doing, you know? Yeah, that's why we're, I mean, and that's what's so exciting about VB 2005 is it, you know, it's the magical third version, you know, yeah, from Microsoft. True. True. And, uh, it just, it has that, it has that feel to it. It's just like, Visual oh, Basic has really followed that rule well. When you talk That's about true. the three <laughs> best versions of VB, you talk yeah. about VB3, VB6, <laughs> and VB2005. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, then it should be VB9. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> well, you know, you got to count that point release. Yeah. <laughs> You've so. obviously been in touch, Paul, with, and Amanda, with a lot of people on your blogs and uh, giving you suggestions and things. Are there any examples of things that you were, you know, sort of wondering what people were thinking and and went to the community and went to the blogs and got some good ideas that turned out to be really, really worthwhile? Oh, no, we came up with all our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally untrue. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot, It's it, but it's hard to say because it's kind of funny. Like what happens over time is, you know, people are always sort of giving us suggestions and because of the sort of long timeframes of this, of the releases, sometimes they get sort of embedded in there. And so you get to the point of, you know, releasing a version and and it's hard to tell what the features like, did I think of that? Or was that just, you know, a good idea that people, good ideas get forced into the zeitgeist to actually show up as a feature. Sometimes, I mean, it even happens that we start a product and somebody comes up with an idea for a feature in that product. And by the end of the product, because there's somebody else working on it, Everybody completely forgets, you know, who who was responsible for that feature and right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's, I think it's all just kind of like a big hazy. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, fuzz. the community involvement's incredibly important. Like, you know, we just get great think, ideas from yeah. people all the time. All, all our ideas are yeah. are from you know our customers. We wouldn't. 
yeah. we wouldn't be doing anything if that really tough to point say, at any one of them. Yeah. Well, the point being, no single noise is going to penetrate all the way through to a specific feature. It is the collective noise. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's too. I mean, that's a lot of the way that things happen sometimes in terms of thinking about new features. Is you know everybody's got their own take on it, but then we start to hear the same things over and over right. and over again. You're like, Common okay, themes. This is important. This is something we should listen to. Versus, how about how know, about decisions that you've made that haven't been so popular with the blogging community? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get uh, off easy, or, or did you? Other yes, or, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. other communities. Yes, or other communities. Yeah, there. I mean, there's always a fair share of controversy. I don't know. Do you want to get into specific? Uh, yeah, you know, well, you could pick. Uh, you know, an amusing anecdote uh, if you um, like. Yeah, <laughs> instances. Yeah, <laughs> that one seemed to get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard because it's sure. it's always about making and trying to balance between all the different uh, all the different sort of pressures and yeah, resources and time and, and what's possible and what isn't. Exactly. It seems like the controversial features, the ones that are kind of, you know, not liked by some developers yeah. are very, very much liked and very, very much requested from other developers. Right. And they're it seems like, features. yeah, they're completely yeah. polarizing features. Mm. And, and it's the ones that are kind of, yeah, that's just good. You know, that, that isn't really, it's an, ex, it's not as exciting to work on and it's not, right. you know, <laughs> It's, but, but the good thing, I mean, is, is if you sort of look at, I mean, <laughs> when talk about polarizing, I mean, VB7 was definitely a, a polarizing oh, release. Oh, yeah, sure. And so, you know, I kind of feel like, well, you know, if the worst thing we have to talk about with the VB2005 is default instances, and I think we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, it was relatively, it was a very smooth release in that regard. And, uh, and I think that, you know, going forward, it'll be even smoother, so... Yeah. So default references, meaning you don't necessarily have to uh, create a new form. Exactly. You just refer to it by name. Form one dot show. Okay. So, uh, yeah, when we were talking with Kathleen Dollard um, a few months ago, I can't remember exactly when, she was telling me something about the the fact that these guys are like zombies that come back. <laughs> uh, you, you try to kill them, and then they keep coming back if they're referred to yeah, again. Yeah, well, you see, part of the problem too is that uh, default instances get a bit of a bum rap because in VB6 there definitely were a lot of issues with them. Yeah, um, and there may, you know, there's still, you know, you do have to be kind of aware of when you're using them. Okay. There isn't as much zombieism, sort of uh, okay. Night of the Living Dead, as right. there used to be. Now, is it an optional feature? Can you turn it off? There's no way to, it's, it's optional in the sense that you don't have to use it. Okay. So you can still explicitly define. Oh yeah. Any reference to anything. Yeah. yeah. You just basically, it's, it's one of those things where if you don't, if you don't like it, don't use it and you don't have to, you don't have to deal with it. So, but, but even if you, if you like it and it's kind of yeah. generally the, the feedback that we've gotten is that it's great for when you have single instance forms mm -hmm. and it's bad for when you have multi instance forms. Okay. Right? And, uh, and there are some people who really don't like the feature because it's confusing a type name with an instance right. and, and accessing right. the instance. But we also have this other feature called my, and off of my, there's a forms collection. And so there are some users that we found that, that recognize that there's a need for default instances for single instance forms, sure. but prefer to access it via the my.forms group mm -hmm. um, so that, so that it's a little bit more explicit that they're, Accessing yeah. a default instance of a form instead of yeah. doing something that looks like, you know, a type name. Is my the killer feature here? 
Yeah, I can't believe we got this far without yeah, actually know, mentioning well, it. It's well, like, I, mean, know, I think we've talked about it for so much for so yeah. long. It's yeah. almost like, you know, it's become second nature to us. Well, yeah, you yeah. talk about a polarizing feature. There's one. The people who love my really love my. And the ones who don't like it really don't like it. I don't know like why it. they don't like it. It's like, if you don't want to use it, don't use well, it. You know? that's, it's like, that's always the safety, isn't it? You know, the funny thing is, I think I find most of the people who don't like my aren't really VBU, you know, don't use yeah. VB. I'm not saying that yeah, yeah. you have to like my to be a VB user. You don't. But it's just like that. I think because really, it's like, you know, again, it's one of those things like with snippets where, you know, there there have been, I admit, there are times when I think of my, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's for the, you know, that's for the beginning users. And, for the you know, way, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have anything to do with me, but in but building it's real this productivity, demo, that's what it's about. Exactly. I needed to open a file and read it in for my demo. And I yeah. was like starting to do the old thing, which is bring up MSDN, look up streams. And do I want a file reader? And I was like, yeah, you know yeah. what? Screw this. My <laughs> dot computer dot file system. Ah, there it is. And I was like, Okay, I'm converting. You can't yeah. deny the, the the power of that. Yeah. But um, the, the a lot of C sharp programmers then said, "Hey, this is cool." Yeah, well, yeah. Where's my mind? <laughs> yeah. right? But I, but I think that in a way, it's kind of offers the same uh, value proposition as code snippets because sure. for a lot of developers who are brand new to .NET, there's just so much there, and my kind of packages it up ne- neatly for you and gives you access to the most common things that you need yeah. to do for an application. I like the fact that I can now ping from VB. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need the, much, you know. <laughs> ping, that's, ping is pretty good. <laughs> Even though everybody now turns it off. I was going to say, uh, you get that through your firewall? Yeah. That's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. Everybody turns it off now. <laughs> the last feature, though, that I think we really have to mention if you're asking us what are our favorite features in sure. 2005 is click once. I, I mm. you know, Even though it's not a VB-specific feature, it's a platform feature. It's yep. It's something that I think is going to just kind of change the world for VB developers. And not only that, you know, it, it helps a lot with the interop story between .NET and VB6 because we have this other feature called RegFreeCom where I can basically take a COM component and deploy it using ClickOnce and not register it with, with uh, you know, in the registry. Right. I'll have yeah. to dump more junk into the registry. Like it yeah. doesn't have enough in there as it is. And that was always the problem with, yeah, yeah. with com. Yeah. So, and, and you also, do you have, do you have, is reg free com also side by side? It's basically, it's, it's a, it's a private, you're using it privately to that application. So if you Only. have, yeah. So that is side by side. So yeah. you could have one version of component A and another version of component B in two different applications and two different processes side by side. Yeah. Fabulous. Funny part. I, I was thinking when you say click once, I thought, wow, we still we still haven't actually had that shipped, have we? I know. We've yeah. been talking about it for so long, yeah. and it's finally coming ripe after all this time. What it's really going to do is it's going to enable the you know download here or, or or you know the click here for to install a Windows app where you would before have not done that, right? Um, that uh, I think bringing I'm I'm I can't wait until smart clients and Windows apps become as pervasive as websites. Mm-hmm. And, and just the whole idea so that, that by default, an app I'm building in Studio is going to update itself every time it runs. Yeah. That I can put that new version out and not think about scheduling updates for mm-hmm. my clients. Mm-hmm. That it just is going to happen. Mm-hmm. A new update is available. Would you like to download? I think some, I think we were, t- I was talking with somebody who was giving a talk on, I think maybe ClickOnce or Client. And I, 
they were joking that they should name their session, you know, the death of the browser application. But, you know, they figured that might, uh, <laughs> might, actually, might cause a little might, grief. You know, you know, like, actually, that's already been done. I think Billy Hollis wrote an article called maybe Death of the Browser yeah. uh, like three years ago when he realized <laughs> all this stuff was happening. He's finally, you know, the world is catching up with his vision. Yeah. You know, I do an auto deployment uh, talk in my class and the first slide says the browser sucks. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Well, okay, okay. Developing for the browser sucks. But, you know, that, sort of like, uh, you know. And I always say, "Are you with me?" And they go, "Yeah." <laughs> well, anyway, so let's uh, dive into VB nine. We sort of touched on it at the beginning of the conversation, but then we wandered back into VB eight in a happy place. Well, How about some stuff that uh, that you already know couldn't make it? You decided it's not going to make it in VB eight, and now is uh, is going to be looking at VB nine. That's actually a good question. Man and I are kind of looking at each other because, you know, although we've been doing some of this like language and natal query and stuff that we were talking about, we, you know, we haven't really gotten the chance to to sit down and even look through, uh, you know, the PDC has driven a lot of this stuff. So we haven't gotten to go through that, you know, wish list that every, every VB person carries around in their head of like, you know, yeah. all of the stuff that we didn't get to this time. I, I have a list of about four or 500 features wow. that, uh, that are kind of just you know, ripe for the plucking things that we know we need to do that we want to do. Um, a lot of them are really, really small, but some of them are, are bigger. They're really big. Yeah. yeah. So my, my pet feature, we're going to get it in this time is I want to put comments after line continuations and maybe huh. even get rid of line continuations, but I'm not going to promise that when you keep talking about it and it never seems to become. And believe reality. me, I would not dare hold you to anything. We're talking about. Oh, this yeah, point. Yeah, no, 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 There's yeah, all yeah, kinds sure, of features yeah. that yeah. we've wanted for a long time. And all, I'm sure stuff that's been bumped version to version. But yeah, I'd really like to see this time too. I mean, we've done a pretty good job at keeping, trying to keep things from falling into the next version, but there are, you know, there are a few things where it's like, like, for example, you know, comments after line continuations where it's like, it's just a little thing. And frankly, yeah. people have been complaining about it, you know, not so much that they're not going to buy VB, but it's like, Let's solve it. Let's just get it done. Yeah. yeah. Let's not carry this stuff around with us anymore. An another one that we kind of had on the list for VB8, but it just didn't quite make it is select case for reference comparison. All so, right. Sure. And it's just like a classic feature yeah. that that everybody knows that they want, especially when you're doing UI development. Yeah. But it comes a point where these things become a remind me again why we don't already have this. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. I can't think of a reason why we haven't done this yeah. yet. Yeah. Except time. And then there's, and then, uh, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of things that make the language very, very full featured and very, very, you know, complete, really. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we know we want to do and have to do in the editor and the debugger and, yeah. and things. Yeah, it's not all language. So are you going to put select case on types there as well? Back again? <laughs> <laughs> be nice. It'd be nice. I mean, the funny thing is, too, it's like, you know, there's a certain class of feature that's not big enough. You know, like there are really right. things that people ask for, but they're small things. And so, you know, if you're not careful, they get, you know, oh, we're doing generics. Oh, we got to spend all this time. Okay, well, we'll do we'll do those other features later and then later. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, and then the next thing, you know, it's like, oh, God, we've got to cut a few things to make the schedule and they fall right off. And so and they were and they were minor things in the right, first place. Exactly. They just needed a few cycles. So, you know, I think this time, actually, we are really going to target trying to do you know, to make up a list of those things and try and just do them first before we get to the really big stuff. You know, one of the things, one of the advantages that we have now is that that we know this giant list of things and we know which ones are small and we've kind of investigated a lot right. of them. 
So, um, so there, so we really should be able to pick off a lot more. Yeah. Well, t- and you know, we've been talking features. about the list of things to come, but what about the list of things in VB eight? I mean, what about the, what about this list? You, how many, how many features are there, you know, from 2003 to 2005, you gave me an enormous number a couple of years ago when we talked, but, uh, yeah, what I mean, is that list now? I mean, is it over a thousand? I don't know. Um, I mean, there's tons it, of, well, it depends on, you know, where you want to draw the product boundary. Sure. Sure. So, but yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, and it's funny now because we've been working with it long enough. It's like we've, I've, you know, if I, I occasionally have to go back and work in 2003 and I just, yeah. I find myself sort of, it's like, right. it's like, you know, going, walking in the dark in a familiar room where everybody's rearranged the furniture. I keep bumping into like right. sharp corners where it's like, oh, that's right. We did that. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> but there, yeah, there are a ton of little things that make VB's life, you know, the VB developers life a lot easier. Com- XML comments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> it's been great. And and that's too, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that kind of happened is that with 2002, you know, C Sharp started from a blank slate. Yeah. So they kind of got to do all these features. And VB, you know, we had a lot of things to, a lot of things to work through to get going. And so yeah. we've kind of had this backlog of features, you know, operator overlaying stuff. And I feel like with this release, we've kind of flushed out the ba- the big backlog, and now we're kind of starting with that nice, clean slate, so we can kind of really yeah. look ahead and see what we want to do. Um, Bill Gates loves basic, right? Sure. Always has first product he ever wrote, right? Always had, and and probably a big reason for Visual Basic success is being an advocate for the for the language of Visual Basic being created from Quick Basic and all that. How much did he have to do with uh, in his role as you know, head of development um, with the uh, with this release. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can say a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So, one of the themes that we have now for VB nine is to emphasize the fact that VB allows you to have static typing where possible, but late binding where necessary. Yes. So, it, VB allows you to span you know the spectrum from kind of you know dynamically typed to statically typed. And in VB9, we're adding kind of, you know, we're really focusing on that, adding all kind of features like dynamic interfaces and late bound XML mm-hmm. to kind of really leverage that. And actually, um, I wrote a, a Bill G. Thinkweek paper a while ago, and then Bill commented on there saying, wouldn't it be great if we could have static typing where possible and dynamic typing where necessary? So. That kind of idea comes directly from from him. So it's, that's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great that he's still he's still involved in that know, he would write that, that sentence. That that's yeah. the way the guy yeah. is still thinking yeah. all yeah. these it's years later. Absolutely it's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really frightening how sort of you know on top of so many things. That, that's gotta that's gotta be a jolt to everybody when he writes that and you're like, he still thinks about this <laughs> stuff. Wow. <laughs> It's yeah. true because we kind of live, you know, it's sort of like the ecosystem. We're kind of down there at the bottom of the ecosystem working, you know, and he's sort of way up there at the top. But every once in a while, something cuts through. And it's, there's always, yeah, there's always that belief. Those guys up there, they don't know what we're really doing down here. They don't <laughs> right. know what's important anymore. Exactly. And then you get this bomb dropped in. Oh, apparently he does. Yeah. 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 People do take notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He takes notice. Yes. So that's, yeah. So that's, that's fabulous. Um, all right, so let's talk about some of the other features um, Richard and I have, may have been talking about, but uh, we have yet to cover. Uh, generics. Generics in VB 2005. Uh, we first heard about generics. It was in the context of C Sharp, and all the C Sharp people are going crazy over this. And I get the feeling that, uh, you know, it's a feature that most VB programmers 
aren't going to see the true power of until they see all that code that they can replace with one line. Um, oh, that's what that does. Uh, well, how can I learn more about that? Well, I mean, I think the great thing about generics, I mean, it's sort of like, it depends on which end of generics you sort of come at. If you come at the so the end of, oh, I'm going to produce a generic class. I mean, whew, I mean, that's, you know, yeah. you're going to have to sit there and, you know, think very deep thoughts about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people aren't going to have to do that. But the funny thing is, it's like, if you're just consuming it, it's actually, and you don't have to think about what's really going on in the coverage. It's very natural. And I, I Amanda has a great story with, uh, with the, with the interns that she was working with where she's, you know, she came oh, to yeah. me and said, you know, yeah, you know, they, these guys, they didn't necessarily know much programming at all when they came in. And I was really kind of worried, but you know, I showed them you know, Dem as list of integer and they got it right away and they were off to the races and, you know, you don't have to understand all the advanced rocket science that's going on under there. And I think that that's what will happen with VB users a lot. You know, it's like yeah. they'll see the example and they'll go, oh, it'll, the light bulb will just go on and they, they don't have to worry about it. So right. one of one of the really interesting things in the in with my summer with these interns was, you know, which concepts did they actually have to grok to be able to write the application that they needed to write? Yeah. So um so generics, it was no problem. The concept of collections, absolutely no problem. And the syntax for generics, it was completely natural to them. And they were able to leverage them through, you know, everywhere in their application. They did run into the concept of immutable types. And they also had a little bit of trouble with, um, you know, recursive, rec recursive algorithms. Yeah. They they hadn't taken right. you know, the class that told them about recursion and they, yeah. they had to use a, a tree view and they needed to create their own tree view in their application because the compact frameworks doesn't ship with a fully featured uh, tree view. So they had to write their own custom tree view. And I basically needed to get up on the whiteboard and say, okay, and this is how recursion works. <laughs> yeah. Then it's not dictionaries, no help, because you look it up and it says see recursion. <laughs> so. <laughs> so did you show them the towers of Hanoi? That's always how they taught it back in the old. No, you know. no, I just, I just kind of uh, wrote wasn't a function. Very helpful. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I didn't yeah. really learn it from that either. It took me a while. <laughs> I, I learned it on the job. Just, yeah, yeah. you know, it's actually one of those things this. you just have to do and have good results from a few times before it. It's funny, it. you know, we often think about our product in terms of the features that we're shipping but not necessarily in terms of the concepts that we're presenting. And right. that's how the users tend to think about yeah, it. Right, right. So, um, so sometimes, you know, we need to snap out of it and, and start thinking. And anybody about who's it. been programming for a while has been up against recursion. It's one of those fundamental right. things. It's a standalone topic It is occasionally necessary in programming. And if you haven't sat down and figured it out yet, you've got a problem. You're going to have to work for a while. By that same token, an experienced programmer knows that way around. It goes, asks you the question this way. So how does Visual Basic deal with recursion? Right. Yeah. And you either know the answer to that or you don't. Yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is uh, that the uh, Express edition of VB, you know, I took a look at an early beta of that. And there is a, a large focus on education mm -hmm. in there. You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, do you think that's going to uh, be uh, very valuable in the educational circles? The Express product? Yeah. I, I think that definitely the, the Express products, yeah. you know, both C-Sharp and VB, are going to in, you know, get people who are uh, um, kind of hobbyist developers started programming again. Mm. And I think that this first release is really just the 
baby step to get everybody programming. It's yeah. great to think. And I remember Visual Basic originally being sold this way as here's the way the hobbyist can write Windows apps. Yes, the end user. So it's almost like coming back to that. Do you just want to do a little coding for fun? You can, you can do that again. Well, I mean, that's how, I mean, that's how most people start. Yeah. I mean, I started, you know, you write, you fire up your, your operating system and Hey, you got a basic there and you start fiddling with the basic. I mean, that's, that's where I started, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, that's where yeah, most of yeah. my line numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can have them. You yeah, have line numbers still They're supported. back, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, but, every, uh, yeah, I remember that, those first days, right? Lesson number one, the infinite loop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 20 go to 10. Yes. And then it became 10. Print. You know, hello world, 20 go to 10. I think, I think for a lot of people who are... Um, a few years younger than me, but not that much younger than me. Graphing calculators are actually their first experience in, in programming because mm. there's a basic like language that exists on a graphing calculator. Yeah. You get one in the eighth grade to do your algebra homework and you, you write stupid little messages to your, uh, to your friend <laughs> down the, down the hall. Right. <laughs> I, I actually yeah, had right. I actually had a uh, someone in high school profess his love for me with a via um, graphic calculator. What was the message? Yeah. What you're stressing me out about is <laughs> my eldest daughter just started high school, received her first graphic calculator <laughs> <laughs> just this past week. Actually, <laughs> I, you gotta be careful. I totally forgotten about all this. Now I have to go repossess a calculator. <laughs> So where online can people go to learn more about Visual Basic and get more resources for, to help them with it? The, the vBasic page on mstn.com uh, or mstn.microsoft.com slash vBasic yeah. is the best resource for everything. And it also has a link to our future stuff, the VB9 stuff that we've been talking about. Okay. And that's a good rate to express as well. If you want to pick yeah. up the free versions, yeah. that's where they are. Definitely. And and please send us feedback on not only the 2005 product, but also the 9.0 product, the 9.0 preview, tech and preview. Now that now is the time, right? Now that now is the time to gather the ideas together and start thinking about what the next version is going to look like. Okay. So uh, tell me about the VB Run website. Well, so the VB Run website is kind of meant for users who are migrating from VB6 to .NET, and it's just a resource that's completely for those who are migrating and in the process of migrating. So it has best practices, and it has code snippets, and it has videos, and it has educational stuff. Um, so it's just a great resource for people who really haven't made the move yet or are in the process of making the move. So the migrating story, what is that? Is that a better story this time around than uh, the last two? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we have improved the the migrating tool a lot, and we've done um, we've done some work in the language and and um, the rest of the tool to just make that process easier. And we've also, as I mentioned earlier, with the click once and the reg free com feature, yeah. um, we've just made the process of managing an application that has, you know. Uh, heterogeneous yeah. application components easier. Right. And I think too, I mean, I think a lot of it, is, it even isn't about language features or product features. A lot of it's about like with the VB run site, it's about guidance. It's about, you know, here's how to go about it. Here's some experiences that people have had and here's how to approach the sort of 
the sort of issues. So That's really important. Here's the yeah. way you did this in VB6. This is the way we do this in VB2005. And I it mean, sounds it's a lot like about guidance. Some, yeah, People yeah. really just need guidance in making that leap. And I think there's a lot... There's going to be a huge amount more for that with VB2005 than you've ever than in the past. I mean, we've tried, you know, we've worked hard in the past, but we're doing even more this time. That's you guys, great. You've definitely built on the experience of helping people migrate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, um, what I'm really interested in is if you could pick, you know, we, we heard some great stories from Joel Pobar, Brad Abrams on the CLR team about some funny things that happened internally, you know, with some of the code that they were working on and teams and stuff. Uh, you know, what was it? Most embarrassing moments or something like that. But it turned out to be anyway. It was funny. <laughs> um, do you guys have any anecdotes or, or stories from your experiences with uh, working on VB that uh, you might want to share? Something well, that nobody it, outside I Microsoft it, I might know. I think it was fun uh, getting Anders prepared for the link overview talk because he had to do a VB demo in that to show that it's kind of a, a oh, that's fabulous! And, and it? he's Mr. C Sharp. So, yeah. so I, I had to, uh, I had to kind of go downstairs. <laughs> Here you are coaching and, and, Anders on and VB. Help Anders, you know, understand uh, how our syntax works. And, <laughs> you think um, there was any chance at all he was just going to drop his pants and walk off stage? Because <laughs> I've heard some people that's how they react to switching to VB. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there are other there are other folks who we've been kind of touring the uh, the the new product, the Visual Basic 9 product, too. And they're really excited about it. So Doug Purdy and Chris Sells are going to be doing a demo tomorrow entirely in VB on Avalon and Indigo. Wow. Wow. What is it? Windows presentation yeah. Framework, framework. Yeah. Foundation. Windows communication. Yeah, one of those. Okay. And, and, and didn't when we do the demo for Don Box, that he promised that he would become a VB programmer now? Well, you know, yeah. I think yeah. 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 he's always making promises like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, we were holding it yeah. to. Yeah. You know, Chris Sells tells me what he does when he writes in demos in VB to make himself feel more comfortable is ends every statement with a comment and a semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe we could put that feature in there. Just semicolons, right. turn it on. <laughs> right? Well, actually, the uh, the C sharp folks today were doing a, a tips and tricks session, which I went to to figure out how you know what tips and tricks we should show in our session tomorrow. Yeah, um, and which ones went over well and which ones weren't that well noticed. But to show code snippets and authoring your own code snippets, they wrote a code snippet that's called that has a shortcut dim. Uh-huh. So that it would basically generate an an, a, a, an initialization of a variable. And then shortcut is dim? Well, because, you know, when, <laughs> when, when you're writing something in, in C Sharp, you have to say, you know, string builder yeah. SB equals new string right. builder. And you have to repeat the type name twice, once right, for right. the type name and once for the, right. for the constructor. And so they thought, oh well, with code snippets, and if I type dim, then I only have to re- I only have to type it once. <laughs> Very but good. It is kind of funny, like inside Microsoft, you know, because a lot of times, you know, the VB and C sharp people, people who write VB and write C sharp, are working together all the time, and and you know, we have to work in both the languages and. You know, when you see people working in a meeting up on the whiteboard, it's like you get this sort of, it's like yep. Spanglish. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. this odd mixture. <laughs> Alternating of, lines of exactly, language. Exactly. You yeah. get like dim X as integer with a semicolon at the end. <laughs> or, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's the most bizarre mix of syntax yes, possible. Yes. I opened with a curly brace and I closed with an end. Exactly. And, and the for each, you know, the space is optional for everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> we don't hold you to the space on the for each. <laughs> so. And there's often. Oftentimes, you know, 
misplaced ca- uh, capitalization and C sharp ish code. <laughs> yeah, maybe to make the the C sharp programmers feel more comfortable with VB, we could have a switch to turn off the background compiler. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make you hit F5. And we'll get take features so, out. That's right. Know, exactly. All right. Well, enough. We love C Sharp, don't yeah. we? We love C Sharp and, and their programmers. It loves us back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. C Sharp is one of ours. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, this has been uh, fabulous. Do you have any last minute words of wisdom or, or calls to action for our listeners? Play, Use VB. Yeah, play with the product. Yeah. Downloading yeah. VB Express, buy the product. Come out to the road trip. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's been great to be back. Okay, well, it's been great talking to you, Paul Vick, Amanda Silver, and the head in the box, uh, Eric Meyer. (laughs) Thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, you look better with no hair, man. (laughs) But definitely not in a box. (laughs) All right, thanks a lot. We'll see you later. .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash dotnetrocks. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .NET Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers Band. Carl Never Sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. Yes, I'm a